It's all in his word. It's all in his word. Here we go. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Look at it very succinctly. In the beginning, God, God created man in his image. Imagine day. Now, I'm, I'm going to take you a little slow tonight because if I speed up on this thing, you're going to hit some speed bumps and, and your upper plate going to fall out. Sydney may just shake those tensions right out. And listen closely now. And the Lord God, who? Lord God. 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 Created a man. In his own image. Imagio Dei. In his image. Now wait, now wait a minute. So God stoops down, no doubt by water, because it's the word we get our word reflection from. Now that's important. You don't know why yet, but you will. That's what's incredible about revelation knowledge. We're not going to create something tonight, but we're going to uncover something that I do believe with all my heart you've never seen before. And if that's true, and I believe it is, that means you get a hold of a part of God you've never had before. That means your prayer life will change tonight. That means your philosophy will change tonight. That means your strength will increase tonight. That means your vision, your purpose, your joy, your peace will increase tonight. Do you believe this? Then give expression to your faith. I mean, we come in here, let's get something for our time. A reflection. A reflection. Now, this cube, I'll get a little bit ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll give you a glance of where we're going. This cube is three-dimensional. You got that? Not hard for you to believe, is it? I mean, here, elder. Look at it. Check it out. 
It's three dimensions. It has width, it has length, and it has depth. It exists in space in three dimensions. Are you with me? Three dimensions. When God created man, he created him in his God's image. Now, reflection. This cube of necessity exists in three dimensions. You exist on three dimensions. Physically, mentally, emotionally, philosophically, and spiritually. You exist in three dimensions created in the image of God. But you're not God. He did not create you exactly as himself. We exist, take, a, take your pen, here, give me your pad, give me, a, give me a camera. Oh, look at that, they're ahead of me. So if I, I take this pen and I draw a line, how does that line exist? You could say, and you would be correct, that it exists in one dimension, simply because the ink is absorbed into the page. However, it does have length, and it does have some width. So you could say, and still be true to logic and true to science, that it exists in two dimensions. True? Because it has length and width. It does not exist in three dimensions because it does not have depth. Hold my mind. Hold my mind. I'm going slow with you. But if I take my pen and I do this, Then I've got four connected lines, which are one. But if I want to draw another one, now I got two. But they're both one. You with me? Now, the only way I can get this to a higher dimension 
is to add depth. Now, if I add depth, then I get, then I get what? Height with depth. Now I have a cube that exists in three dimensions, just like you. You have height, you have depth, and some of us have a lot of width. Now, wait a minute. This is how we exist. This is how everything in the known universe exists. Give me a watch. Give me a watch. Thank you. I don't have anything to do with the sermon. I just like this watch. His watch has height, width, depth. That pew has height, width, depth. My shoe has height, width, depth. Your glasses, height, width, depth. A tree, height, width, depth. Nothing in our universe exists above three dimensions. Are you with me? So when God created a three-dimensional man, he created him to live in a three-dimensional universe. Therefore, he had to make man as a reflection of himself Okay, I I wish I had a clear cube. I wish I had a clear cube, I don't. If I had a clear cube, and I put this clear cube with that light, it would do what? Come on, it would do what? It would cast a shadow. But when you looked at the shadow, You couldn't see three dimensions. You could only perceive. Even though the cube is clearly. But when I get a reflection of the cube, one of the dimensions I'm about to run. One of the dimensions is missing. And guess what we've had? We've had an understanding of a three-dimensional God, which is not three-dimensional at all. That means even in Jesus, a three-dimensional man in our universe, you didn't see all of him. But hang with me. 
if God was like you, a man, he would not be God. I'm going to prove it to you. Why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Because he could not be everywhere at the same time. Because he was not God completely. He had the spirit without measure to show us how a three-dimensional man could operate in the earth in three dimensions. Shove your neighbor and say, but that ain't all. No, there's more. I said there's more. Else why would he have said, it is to your advantage that I, Jesus, three dimension, go away. For if I do not go away, the spirit will not come. But if I go away, he that is with you shall be in you. That is the restoration and I will never leave you. That's the restoration of omnipresence. He's everywhere. So how could he leave you? Do you know why you can't see him? Because you have eyes that perceive in three dimensions. Do you know why you can't see music? Praise? Because you exist in three dimensions. But when it is pure praise, it is beyond three dimensions. I'm just scratching. Of course, I could quit now. And you've learned something you didn't ever know. All right, I'm going to walk through it. Is that all right? So man was created in the image or the reflection of God. However, in the reflection, like the shadow, there's something missing. Beloved, now Elder, you, you check me. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, we shall be made like him. In other words, you're not completely like him yet. So let up on your brother. Let up on your sister. Let up on your preacher. 
Let up on the elder. Quit judging everybody. They're doing the best they can to reflect God in three dimensions. So then he said, Acts 1.8, go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Now he's saying this to his inner circle. He's saying this to his mother. He's saying this to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven devils. He's saying this to James and John, the sons of thunder. These are men who performed miracles. Do you know what a miracle is? A miracle is a suspension of natural three-dimensional law where God comes. That's a miracle. A healing is not a miracle. That's not a miracle. Unless one of your limbs was taken off in 9-11 and the limb grew back. That would be a healing and a miracle. Are you okay? Now he said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued, filled with power. Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place. And the Spirit of God filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like fire, like as of fire, that sat upon each of them. Cloven, separate. Separate. You know why God gave us tongues? Because at some point, you're probably speaking Russian, and you're speaking Italian, and you're speaking Spanish, and he gave it as a sign. Did not we all hear them speaking in our own native tongue? God was saying, this, me, God, I'm for everybody. Jesus came to the lost sheep of Israel. They received him not, and then God gave them a veto and said, you can take this thing to the Gentiles. Wow. All right, watch me now. Watch me now. So, the first thing we have to do is clear up what the gift of the Holy Ghost is. In order to understand the Holy Ghost, I feel it necessary to share with us a revelation of the Trinity. Oh boy. Woo, we're cutting her right down the middle. The Trinity. If I ask you for the simplest definition of God in your Bible, it is simply this, three words, God is love. Okay. Then if I ask you beyond that, 
some of you who are a little longer in the kingdom, or at least you love the word a little more, you might say something like this, God the Father, God the, God the, and God the Holy Spirit. These three are one. How? Practically, what does that mean to us? So let's ask some questions about the cornerstone doctrine of the church. Is it a doctrine beyond human comprehension? I don't have that. Is it, is it logical? You understand logic? How many parts are you? Three, they are spirit, soul, body. So what does logic have to do with? Which part? Your mind, your soul, your reasoning. In other words, does it make sense? Can the Trinity be explained logically, rationally? Or is it a doctrine beyond human comprehension that we must simply accept by faith alone? The answer to all four of those questions is emphatically yes. However, there is an explanation of God being three in one that does not break the laws of logic. You need be afraid no more. So let's start through it. So what are the arguments against what the Bible says plainly and clearly, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, these three are one. What does that mean? God is three persons. What? Wait. And each person is fully God. Now, wait a minute. But the Father is not the Son. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father. So the argument would be, if the Lord our God is one God, which your Bible says he is, then only one of the three could be God and the other two could not be God because that is logical. Next. 
Or the argument is, the Father is not the Son. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. Next. Or, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, which would mean there are three gods. That's logic. That makes sense. Next. Or, only one of them is God, and the others are not God. That makes logical sense. Or, next, God the Father is a third of God. God the Son is a third of God. God the Holy Spirit is a third of God. None of these, or let me give you one more, each one of them is a different model of God. Nothing that I've just presented to you is biblically accurate. None of those are true. Take a big eraser and erase them. What these are, are an attempt to reduce God to the level that we can understand it and an attempt to make up a God that we can understand so we can manipulate. If I can understand him completely, if I can comprehend him completely, then the word is a lie and God is a man. But the word says God is not a man. I wish I had half a church. God is not, has never been, will never be limited by a human person's brain. I went out to gather eggs day before yesterday. You can be seated on those hens. Yeah. They say that their brain is half the size of a pea. And you can tell it. You being able to comprehend fully God would be a thousand times harder than for that chicken to do quantum physics. He can't find his way to the barn. And neither could you. I found the Lord. That's laughable. You found him? Where was he? You didn't. We've got to change our philosophy. You didn't find God. You couldn't find God. The divine prerogative is God's. You said 
seek my face. Therefore thy face, O God, will I seek. Think about that. That God came looking for messed up you. God did. Not little in your mind's eye sandal wearing Jesus with a shepherd's stick. God of the eternal universe came looking for you and he found you. I got to hurry. Why do I always have to hurry? I always have to hurry. Just because you cannot comprehend God being three in one does not mean it is not possible. How many of you ladies could give me a lesson in how a combustion engine operates? How many of you used an automobile to get here? Well, because you don't understand it, does that mean it does not exist? God does not want you, has not chosen to reveal all that he is to you. Your brain and body would explode. But thanks be to God, there will come a time when he gives us a new body. And we will see him as he is, not with these eyes. When Isaiah declared, I have seen the Lord high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. Moses, God was, God told Moses, no man can see me and live. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I got enough of a glimpse of God to understand he is beyond. He is other. He is separate. He is holy. handle this all right there is a form of geometry if I could pronounce it I would but I can't I tried there's a form of geometry but that deals I know this because I had a brother-in-law that worked in this industry and he used this form of geometry in his everyday work Dealing with dimension in space. Now you understand that the same laws that apply on earth 
don't apply in space. Go back to that cube a minute. Go back to that cube. Just show me a cube. There it is. How many sides has a cube? How many sides has a cube? Six. Six. So there are how many cubes? How many sides? But you can only perceive it in three dimensions. But if I go into space, space is not limited by three dimensions. And it is mathematically accurate and entirely possible that cubes exist in space that are six dimensions, eight dimensions, 12 dimensions, because the mathematical calculations all prove it the same way that they prove this cube. However, men in their finite understanding have not been able to reproduce it. But that does not mean it does not exist. So because you can't explain the Trinity, what would, you, what would make you think it doesn't exist? Now wait a minute, because I'm going to give you some stuff, man. I'm going to start in, in our natural world, Everyone is one person. Stand up, elder, please. Stand up, Miss Mary. Turn around, face the congregation. All right. These are two persons. Right? Therefore, they are two beings. And there's no way you can ever make those two persons one being on the three-dimensional level. But if you could go one level higher, it would be entirely possible to have multiple persons that were one being. The same as it is, it, it is actual to have six squares that are one cube. You can see that because it's in three dimensions. But when I start talking about the dimension of God, which is a higher dimension, your mind can't go there. But it's real. All right, thank you. I got to go slow now. I can't get preaching on you like I want to. How many of you have ever read a book by C.S. Lewis, the great, the great C.S. Lewis? If you have not, go buy one in the morning and read it. This is Miss Joni's. She's, she's got all of his works in one volume. My favorite 
is a book called Paralandra. But I'm not going to draw from that one. I'm going to draw from what is probably his widest read book and, uh, and therefore we could say most important. It's a book called Mere Christianity. Now listen to C.S. Lewis. The human level is simple and rather a rather empty level. On the human level, one person is one being. And any two persons are two separate beings. Just as in two dimensions, say on a flat sheet of paper, one is one square is one figure, right? On the divine level, you still find personalities, but up there, you find them combined in ways which we, who do not live and exist on that level, cannot imagine. In God's dimension, so to speak, you find a being who is three persons. A cube, three dimensions, has six squares, yet is one cube. In two dimensions, one figure is a separate and distinct figure, right? On the human level, I just illustrated it to you, one person equals one being. Now back to Lewis. Of course, we cannot fully conceive a being like that. Just as if we were so made that we perceived only two dimensions in space, we could never properly imagine a cube. If you were only built to perceive two dimensions, you could never perceive this. It would be non-existent and incomprehensible to you. But we can get a sort of a faint notion of what it would be. And when we do, we are then for the first time in our lives getting some positive idea, however faint, of something, watch me, super person. Say, God is super personal. Something more than a person. Remember I told you last week, this is the problem with the incarnation. God becoming flesh. Because we bind our revelation of God to that three-dimensional figure, Jesus. God incarnate, God in flesh on the earth. This is your perception of God. The Trinity is not illogical. The Trinity is simply unfathomable from our perspective. 
just as a cube would be unimaginable by a two-dimensional being. So God can be, and in fact is, three in one because he is not bound to our universe or our level of three-dimensional existence. Shout, he's bigger than that. Okay, I'm going to flip you out now. Do you have three more minutes? Are you bored? Huh? You want to get to know God? Well, it's more than... Worship. Would a God that we get... Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Would to God we'd get some doctrine back in our music instead of acting like Jesus is somebody to be made love to. I'm tired of songwriters. I want some hymnists. Watch this. This is true, Professor Sams, because, watch now, God is not a man. If he created man, the man who created this watch, which is greater, the man who created it or the watch? God created humans, but he is not human. He is not a man. Why do you have more confidence? in a human surgeon. Then he who created the surgeon and the knife too. I can prove to you that God exists in a dimension beyond our own. Very simply, everybody lift your arm. Good. Take something and lift it up. Wow. What does that show me? You have power. Everybody stand. Wow. Sit back down. Wow. You have power. So God has to be greater than man. So he must be omnipotent. He must have, as Jesus said he did, all power in heaven and earth is given to me.
power to give you joy, power to give you peace, power to wake you up in the morning, power to overcome every devil, power to destroy every principality. God has all power. Well, let's take it further. Uh, Pastor Cal, shout out real loud to me what two plus two is. How about ten times four? Woo! My chickens can't do that. What does that mean? That means he is knowledgeable. What is the square root of pi times 3,259,136? Don't know. He doesn't know. And neither do you. So quick. Some of you didn't get the two plus two part. Let's, let's just be honest. All right. All right. So you have knowledge. How many of you know how to get back home? How many of you know how to take out a brain tumor? How many of you know how to mend a broken heart? Aren't you glad God is not a man? Because he doesn't have some knowledge. He is omniscient. He has all knowledge. And anything you need to know, he can tell you. How big is your God? Number three. And this is the most powerful of all. This is the reason, my dear brother and sister, that the God of the eternal ages said it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. I will not leave you comfortless. I will never leave you alone. People say, Pastor Rod, when you walk into the tabernacle, everything seems to change. That's because I have presence. Austin would call it presence. I have presence. You have presence. You in your beautiful three-dimensional form are taking up space. Some more than others. You have presence. But God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. 
If I make my bed in hell, lo, thou art there. If I fly to the heights of the heaven, lo, thou art there. Where shall I flee from the presence of the Lord? Impossible. In the darkest hotel room, in the bleakest hospital room, underneath the crusty surface of the earth in a coal mine, flying around in the space shuttle, you cannot escape him. I hate lying preachers. I hate preachers. Tell people, well, now if the speed limit is 55 and you drive 70, God got out. Well, if you go in the bar, God won't go in there with you. Don't tell Deborah George that. He's God, He's everywhere. He's in your bedroom. He's in your automobile. He's with your children at school. Lean back and rest on the breast of the almighty God. Put your children in the hands of God. Plead the blood of Christ and go your way rejoicing. He will not leave them. I'm hurrying. Be seated. Ephesians 3.20. What time is it? What time is it? Okay. I got 14 minutes. Don't look at your clock. That'll get us out by nine. Boy, you want to talk about adding new meaning. Now sit down and quote, greater is he that is in me. So let the dark clouds rise. Let the storm clouds rise. They don't worry me. I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and not of earth shall harm me. I am sheltered safe within the arms of God. Write that. Instead of Jesus is my lover. Sit down, please. Greater is he that's in me than whatever is against me. Fear thou not. Why not? I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Why not? The rent is due, the bills aren't paid, my husband's left me, and my kid's on crack. Be not dismayed, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. 
I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteous. Now read Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him. Who is that? To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever even ask or think in my little mind, in my little three-dimensional world. When you're about to fornicate, oh, he's there. When you steal your tithe, he watched you put that fake envelope in the container. When you damn his name, it's not some greasy, crazy sandal-wearing man that you just offended. It is God. This is God's pulpit. This is God's man. This is God's house. Walk humbly. Romans chapter 1 verse 3 says, He was born the seed of David according to the flesh. But watch this. He was set forth with profound effect upon the horizon by the resurrection of the dead. Do you know what he was showing you? He can get to a whole other dimension where he had to say to those with him, don't touch me. I've often wondered what would have happened if they touched him. At this point, He's kicked hell in the gut, detoothed every demon, and stands now as the resurrected Son of God. And he said, don't touch me. I've not been back to my father. Don't touch me. I've got some stuff on me you can't handle. God that New Testament believers were at least as Moses. God help us walk out into a doomed and damned generation with a face shining like the sun. God couldn't care less about your little talent. He wants his spirit to possess you. Moses came down out of that mountain. They had to turn their face from him. Now I've been in the presence of the Lord. Really. Watch us now. Ah, I'll finish next week. Ah. 
How big is your God? Uh, I'll just run through it real quick. Job 26, 7. He stretched out the north over the empty place. <laughs> Hung the earth on nothing. He came from Timon, nowhere, nothing. He stood on the non-existent, reached into that black void and formless vacuum, grabbed something that was not there and hung it on nothing and told it not to move. Nobody disagreed. He folded his arms and said, look what I made out of nothing. Imagine what I could do with you. Talk on, preacher. Okay. He called light out of darkness and cosmos from chaos. He speaks peace and perplexity. Hebrews says he was without father or mother or genealogy or beginning or end of life. What a God. He took the hammer of his own will, struck the anvil of his own omnipotent spark flew. He caught them in his fingertips and flung them into space. The stars were created and sang in eternity's bosom. God is a spirit. He does not die. He will not die, not by pronouncement, not by assassination, not by an act of war. He's not about ready to have an accident. He will never get old, and he will not die from the slanderous tongue of the unrepentant humans he created. He is God. He is that eternal word of truth that cannot be banned, cannot be buried, cannot be burned. He'll resurrect himself and beat the pallbearers back to the house. He'll never cease to exist because of backslidden pulpits and lazy, lustful parishioners. Nor will he be done in by the modern Pharisees with their religious rudiments, nor the Sadducees whose voluminous books choke the earth. And declare he does not exist. He is as tangible as he was to Adam and Eve. As trustworthy as he was to Abraham. As real as he was at the burning bush of Moses. He'll heal you as surely as he healed Bartimaeus. He'll deliver you as surely as he delivered the demoniac of Gadara. He will forgive you as sure as he forgave the woman taken in adultery. And he will come for you, my dear brother and sister, faster than the fleetest to have ever struck a pavement or a wheel ever turned on an axle. He's coming. With him, nothing shall be impossible.
understanding. I feel a holy presence of God. And if you don't, your holiness meter is broken. He is here in great, great manifestation. Give me my phone. Let me obey God. Give me my phone. Pray in the Holy Spirit quietly. Pray in the Holy Spirit quietly. This is a holy moment. Miss Joni was taking a bath, preparing to come to church tonight. She was listening to last Wednesday night's message. She said, I had to pull off the side of the road coming to the building tonight to read this. The Holy Spirit has hit me. I'm shaking uncontrollably. I saw as I listened to you preach, people on the platform crawling like snakes, screaming for forgiveness because of the power of God's holiness. It was so strong, not from the platform, but from the people and those in leadership who better walk with hands, heads hung under the authority of God's spoken word, infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. It is thundering like a storm. And when that day comes, says God, my people will be divided. And I will no longer strive with man and with thieves dwelling in my holy place. Therefore wash thyself and be cleansed from thy filth. Walk circumspectly and upright. Be worthy of the temple and its blessings. Those that need are in need because they want. They want. Their minds are set on want. Hear me, says the Lord. I will take care of your needs. Give of, give from yourself. Nothing is worth one minute in my presence. Sing a new song, for my spirit is preparing my temple and my people for what I am waiting to send. Heed the word of the Holy Ghost. Fast, pray, read the holy word of truth, and be filled with all that is worthy. Be prepared for what is shortly to come. Be ye holy as I am holy, says the Lord of hosts. I am the host to those who are invited
and entitled to all that is mine. Do you want an invitation? Then obey my word. Love what I love. Do you know why God is absolutely powerful? Because he is absolutely holy. Holiness equals power. Power of your flesh. Power of your tongue. Power to have some discernment. And not have to be spoon-fed everything like a little baby. And run after people whose spirits were departed long ago. Run after the things of this world because they glitter. God is waiting. God is waiting. Bible still says, and I say it in humility. His spirit will not always strive with you. Some of you, he's been trying to get on fire for 20 years. Some of you have repented over the same thing 5,000 times. Some of you say things to him in here, and before you get home, you've already broken that covenant. This book still says, God is angry with the wicked all day long. Oh, he not only desires, he has commanded us to pray, to seek his face, to study his word. It's come to me three times. Mr. Only Elder, help me quote it. This is all that God requires. That you, three things, walk humbly, love mercy. See how we don't know the word? Thank you. Love mercy. Walk, if you don't put it in, how do you think it's ever going to come out? Huh? Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. God, how pride needs to be on the cross. That's what God did to flesh. He put it on a cross. His spirit didn't die there. His spirit went into hell and set the captives free. But that flesh had to die. That part of him that represented, that part of him that represented this three-dimensional confinement 
of all that he was. A man surrendered it in the garden. A man had to purchase it back. You see, if God had done it, it would be recreation, not redemption. He bought us back. He paid the price so that we could walk holy. And the more holy we become, I'm not talking about the length of your sleeves, unless God tells you not to wear short sleeves. If he told you not to do that and you break that covenant with him, then it turns into unholiness. See? That's why he says, seek out your own salvation, fear and trembling before God. Hallelujah. God is in Afghanistan right now. He's all over the former Soviet Union. Right now, he's there. Thank God, he's in Abaco right now. He's there. Oh, oh. Let's all tonight lay something down. Let's lay something down between now and Sunday. Let's just cut off a little bit of our flesh to get closer. Oh, hallelujah. Bow your heads. Father, I asked you to change us tonight. <laughs> Woo! How great is our God. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. All that we are not, we worship you. We worship you, O oh holy God. And right now we surrender. Everybody that just wants to surrender tonight, lift your hands. You just, here I am, God. Great God. God of heaven and earth and beyond. Mighty God, everlasting Father. Creator heaven and earth and all that in them is we humble ourselves before you dig out the root of rebellion and selfishness and pride dig it out oh God do what we cannot we yield we yield to you Holy Spirit you are here now in every pew. You are here now in every breath and every molecule of this three-dimensional planet. Greater, greater, and by your mighty power, Lord, make us your people. Make us holy and make us worthy to name your name. Your ancient people would not even speak nor write your name. But by grace you have invited us 
into the holy of holies who are unpure and wretched and vile. But by the blood of your son, we have access. May we not pollute that access, nor count it a light thing. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Abba, we belong to you. Jesus, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Fill us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.